0: Let's go through quickly. Okay, Zakh to Mishnah top of the bees. We're going to do a quick chazar of all this. I used to cast a tachasay Elon. If someone makes a sukkah underneath a tree, kilo a sub of a rabbi, as if they made it inside a house. Sukkah gavish sukkah. Second, Allah the Mishnah says we make a sukkah on top of another sukkah. Hal yonik sheira the top one is kosher. Taftanav sule the bottom one is not kosher. Rabbi Yehuda Omer im ein diran bel yonah taftanik sheira. Rabbi Yehuda says, which is a little bit of an argument in the Tanakhama that if you can't live in the top one and the bottom one is then kosher at that point because the top one is basically irrelevant. That halacha, you can't have a sukkah under a tree, is only if the tree has more shach than has more shade than sun. But if there's more sun than shade, then the sukkah underneath it is going to be kosher. Asking more, why is that the equation? Sorry, the, the, what's the source for that? From the fact that our Mishnah says if you make a sukkah under a tree, it's so if you sit inside the house. Why did you use this funny wording of It's as if you made it inside the house. Listen to Psulo. Use the simple wording of it. It's not kosher. It's pretty straightforward. So It must be teaching us something of the fact that Mishnah used unique wording. The elon dumya de bayis. That an elan is like a bias. Ma bias silasim rumi So just like a house has more shade than sun. Afi elon. so to the tree that makes the Sukkot underneath in not kosher, has to be silasim rumi so more shade than sun. Now, asking about the question, if there's more sun than shade, why, my, what do you have? Which basically means, why is it good at that point? If the tree on top of the sukkah is more sun than shade, how come it's star You have a mixture of non-kosher and kosher. And here, it's kind of, you have to fit a lot into those words. What those words mean is, is that all the on top of your sukkah that's directly underneath the branches of, this, of the tree automatically become non-kosher. And there's no bitl. Bittal is when you actually have a mixture of the tree mixed in together, we're going to see soon, with the sock itself. But here, you're just erasing all the, that schach that's underneath the tree, and the assumption of the Gemara is that in many cases, that will make the sukkah invalid. So the simple example we gave was, let's say you have a sukkah where, don't forget back then, the name of mats. They had to literally grab branches from wherever they could. It wasn't so simple to cover the sukkah. So they were often happy with 60 70% covered. That was great. Let's say you have a sukkah that's 60% covered. It's underneath a tree that's more sun than shade, but there are branches on top of your sukkah enough that will actually make you subtract out 15% of your schach. So now you're left with a sukkah that doesn't have enough schach. So that's the question right now. So, in many, many cases, being underneath a tree, even if the tree is not more shade than sun, should ruin the sick underneath it. So, Amr of Papa b'shechaftos. So Papa answer: Yeah. What we're talking about, where it makes a difference if the tree is more shade than sun or more sun than shade, is not talking about we're hanging over the tree because if it's hanging over. It, we're hanging over the sukkah because hanging over the sukkah, it can be problematic even if the sukkah is more sun than shade. What we're talking about is where you're chafte, where you actually lowered the branches and mixed them together with the kosher strach, and then you have the possibility of bittel, and that changes the whole equation in terms of when it's good and when it's not good.
1: It's the matter of a person uh, physically. Uh, uh, it
0: down to the tzach, or
1: if the tree is It wouldn't make a difference. No. As,
0: long, as, long as, it's, as long as it's there and it's not hanging above it, then you're allowed to do that bitl thing. So I ask the Gemara, I and if you're dealing with a case where the branches that are not kosher are actually mixed together with the kosher schach, mail memra. So now the Gemara actually goes to the other end of the pendulum and says, Now what's the Chiddush? There's no Chiddush anymore. Like we all know about the concept of the bitl, and bitl works in that case. So like, what, what are we learning? So no, I'll tell you what we're learning here. I might have thought to say, well, I know haftan's okay, but I might think to say, make it not okay because it's too close to the case that we're taking above the sukkah where it's not okay. Maybe you think to make a gzairah, the chiddush is, we don't make such gzairah. No, we don't make, a, make such gzairah. We're taking above the tree, it's much more problematic. If it's actually mixed together with the sukkah. So, so what's, this, what's this?
1: This is where I'm having a problem. What's
0: this line? This line is saying that if you're making our Mishnah a case where you actually lower the branches to be, be mixed together with the schach, and you're telling me that you just go after is there bittal or is there not bittal, there's no chodesh. That's, like, that's an obvious psak. We don't need a Gemara to tell us that. So there has to be something new here we don't know. So you, the new thing that we wouldn't have known is that even though technically we would have known on our own that if you lower the branches, there's bittal, you might have thought to say they would have made some sort of xerah at some point and say, that's no good, because the one on top of the sukkah is for sure no good. So make a because of those two cases. The chiddush is, no, no, no gzairah. Above the tree is bad. Mixed in is good as long as it's a vittal. So That's, that's the chiddush here. No gzairah is being made. The next stage of the Gemara is going to ask, even that's not a chiddush, because we have a mishnah that already tells us haftan is okay. So anything that you would have thought, maybe make a we already took care of that with a mishnah later on. So we're going to go back to the drawing board asking the question, what's the chiddush of b'sheh where you lowered it? That's
1: I never send the chance it's not good, but there's like, there
0: is a one chance it's kosher. Right. But say, saying, the the point is, whatever to... scenarios are bad above, make those bad even when right, it's thumb right, right. low.
1: Right, am is, there maybe some level of leniency that we don't make there because there are cases where that could be kosher?
0: Or... Um, well, it doesn't tell us why we don't make the xera. That could be why. I, I don't know. Like, you know. Or you could say they're not similar enough that you have to make such a xero. You know, I, don't, I don't know. We don't know the lumbers why they didn't make such a xero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I saw something interesting just recently. It's somewhat similar to this one. So, give me 10 seconds. Um, I can't remember it. I can't remember it. Um, okay, fine. So, says the Gemara uh, writer. So now, after we establish that's the Chiddush, the Kamash Mulan, Kuf Mem over here, that the Chiddush is we don't make the Xerah, the Logo Zira, Hanami Tanina, that's also said in a Mishnah already. That idea that you don't make Daxera and it's really okay, B'Shech that's already covered by a Mishnah later on. What is that Mishnah? The Mishnah is as follows. Allah is Es HaGefen. You put on top of your sukkah gefen, which is grape vines, while they're attached to the ground. The point is, these are not kosher. Ve and you put on top of it gourds. Ve'sha so kisu, or you put ivy, that's all naturally grown but it's still attached. On top of your sukkah, Ve Sikih but then you went ahead and took kosher schach and mixed it together with them. Psula is not kosher. But, but if there's more schach than this non-kosher schach, on, or you actually cut it off, and therefore you made it that it is kosher schach now, Now the Gemara has to kind of speak out what's the scenario. If you tell me the case of the ivy and the gourds and the grapevines, that's actually hung above the sukkah, how come it stars Then many cases it would not be kosher. So why are you making this like blanket statement? Oh, as long as it's mixed together and, and it's majority, it's fine. No, that's not true. If it's hanging above it, ella So it must be talking We're talking about a case where it actually is mixed together with the and then we see from here that you don't make such a zebra, That Bisha haftan is an explicit Mishnah. If you mix together non kosher schach, such as ivy or gourds or grapevines, and you have majority kosher schach compared to it, we're going to say it's a kosher sukkah. But means always that it's just hanging over. It's not mixed in. No, Khaftan is mixed in. Khaftan is lowered and, and mixed in with the rest oh, of it. Well, I thought you said that was bitter. No, no. Well, those are the same words. Shlo Khaftan means it's hanging above. And that's where it causes all the bigger problems. Bishah is when bittel is possible. Sorry for not being clear, if I wasn't clear until now. Haftan means you lowered it, chavet, you chavet it, you dropped it down and you mixed it together, then we're more lenient. So we're seeing over here, Bishah Haftan, where it's loaded, lowered and mixed together, then it's going to be okay. So we already established that we don't make such a gzeira of the Haftan case because of the low Haftan case. So then what are we learning from our Mishnah? The Gemara says, that, "I'll tell you what we're learning from our Mishnah." honey, mila b'di'evit. I might have thought to say this is all b'di'evit. K'mash about lachahila low, but if you did it lachahila, it would not be good. K'mash malon, then even it's going to be okay. It's such an interesting concept that, that having a second proof tells you that it's a lachahila. Like, yeah, why, why would somebody think that that would give us a
1: l'cha Like
0: Just. So I mean I mean that that's the point. It is strengthening what we learned already. You know why have two sources saying the same thing unless the second one is adding something more? Yeah, right,
1: but typically it's saying that it's adding this specific piece. Right. I, I don't
0: know. It's like a yeah. So I I, you know, I don't I don't uh, this, this, this would take like a gillion of shots Ricky Vega to like rem- like where are the other places the shots or Svejzerman probably probably do that, <laughs> but um, something along those lines of where this precedence is. Um, I can't I, I I I can't think of one offhand that the second one makes it a feel. unless it's the wording. The wording is a little more mashu the chachilah the second time is, around. Why,
1: why is why is versus the Bidyev? Like, what is
0: the is there any difference between the Right. I'm just right, him, I'm, right. I So I mean, the case over there was definitely mashu a little bit more bityevit. Like, you did this whole thing, like, and after the fact, you try to fix it by putting kosher shak on top of it. Like, it definitely does mashu a little bit more bityevit, you know, as opposed to over here. Okay, so now let's get into the sugya of sukkah on top of the sukkah. So sukkah gabi sukkah we said is no good. So tanarabonim. What's the source for the fact that a sukkah on top of a sukkah is no good, even though both sukkahs are kosher? If you take each one on its own, it's almost as if you had, like, two portable sukkahs. You literally took two kosher sukkahs and just stacked one on top of the other. It happens to be the of the lower one, is strong enough to hold people. So, like, what's the problem? Like, it's cool. If anything, you're saving space. Why is it no good? It's a drasha. No, you should sit in. Again, we're well, we going to ask the question that's obvious in a second. You should sit in the singular sukkah. So that means you shouldn't sit in a sukkah underneath a sukkah. You should not sit in a sukkah underneath a tree. You should not sit in a sukkah in a house. Ask the Gemara. basukah The word sukkah is plural. It sounds like it's more than one. And if anything, the Targ tells us go for it. Sit in a sukkah under a sukkah. Answer to the Gemara. Yes, it's pronounced plural because we need it to be pronounced plural in the context of the Basuk, but Hashem chose to write it without the extra Vav to allow us to interpret it in 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 an alternate way that it can only be one Sukkah and it cannot be multiple Sukkahs. Sukkah is a plural for the holiday of Sukkahs, for all of Klai's Sukkahs, but your personal Sukkah has to be a single Sukkah, it cannot be a double decker Sukkah. Amr Vyrme. And here we go. Here's those four cases we're talking about. Sometimes we have a sukkah on top of a sukkah, they're both kosher. Sometimes we have a sukkah on top of a sukkah, they're both not kosher. Sometimes you have a sukkah on top of a sukkah sukkah, and the top one is not kosher and the bottom one is kosher. And sometimes, sometimes the bottom one is not kosher and the top one is kosher. And the Mors is going to simply right now go through all four scenarios and tell us how you could have all four both kosher, both not kosher, top kosher, bottom kosher, let's go for it. Like I said to you before, uh, some of these are not going to be chedushim. You just kind of have to speak it out. Okay, here we go. What's the case? The bottom one is more sun than shade. Okay? And the top one is more shade than sun. And the top one's within 20 yamas. So simply put, like we said... Um, it sounds cool that you have a sukkah on top of a sukkah that's kosher, and they're both kosher, but for all intents and purposes, it's just one big sukkah. Since the bottom sukkah schach is so sparse, it basically doesn't have its own schach, it doesn't really count as a sukkah, the bottom one schach is really the upper schach. So, you know, for the naked eye, it looks like you have a sukkah on top of a sukkah, but halakhically we just see it as one big sukkah, because that middle layer that's in the middle there is just irrelevant. It's just irrelevant.
1: So even if people can fit on that
0: second layer, yeah. would the bottom one still be kosher? Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, no kosher half there. There you go, Paul. I'll show this to you in a second. But even when people are in the up upstairs one, and that would block in the sometime in
1: the
0: downstairs one. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference at that point. I don't think. Maybe, maybe you need to be careful. Like I don't know. They're probably moving around, but if, 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 if this is like so sparse like that, and this is a good kosher layer right there, so it's basically just one big sukkah at that point. I don't know if you're able to see that, Paul. it, Paul. I can see it, thank you. Yeah, so either way, it mean, looks like it's one big sukkah. So. But uh, that's the case where they're both kosher. Um, so what's the case of both not being kosher? So it says the Gemara, Before to the ban, they're both not kosher, hechidam. is the case. go into tarvayut So they both have a full layer of schach. If a kaim the top one is above twenty amas, so here you have two full layers of schach. This one's out because it's a sukkah under a sukkah, but this one's out because it's more than twenty. So neither is good. This is the of sukkah under a sukkah. This is the p'sul of being a not kosher sukkah because it's more than 20, and therefore, that's it. If this would be very little srach over here, then this would be fine, because basically this would be irrelevant, and this would be just the only sukkah. But once this is technically a sukkah, it's just a puzzle sukkah, it ruins the bottom one, but it itself is not kosher. So that's what you have in the second scenario over there. The
1: 20 amas doesn't affect it.
0: The 20 amos.
1: So you're sitting in the bottom, doesn't the 20 amus, I know the stock is
0: within it, The 20 amus makes it that, this, that it is a sukkah to ruin this. It's enough of a sukkah to ruin this, but it's not, of course, a sukkah to be able to sit there at the top.
1: No, 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 words, if you said there's no schach up at the
0: top. So if there would be no schach there at the top, then this would actually... Doesn't it and
1: would, and still make, doesn't the, tw- the fact that you've the walls that are above the So I don't think it would at
0: that point. I think here you would just simply, I think this, I think this is the case that you actually have of the Waldorf. I think the Waldorf's walls are more than 20 amas, but the schach is hanging with inside the building itself, lower over here. If I understand correctly, that's how the Waldorf does it. Okay, fine. So that's that case. Now it says the Gemara, um, second the bottom line, last word, sometimes the bottom one's kosher and the top one's not. What's the What's the case? So you have the um, bottom one, exactly the case I just told you. There's more shade than sun. The top one has more sun than shade. Now this part, I had to. It took me a while to figure this out. It, it, it's deep in Rashi. And both of them are within twenty amas. So here we have a case where this is kosher schach. Yeah, the bottom one is enough schach. This one's very sparse, and therefore it's not a sukkah under a sukkah. Okay, so therefore the bottom ones kosher, the top one not, is not going to be a problem because it's not really a sukkah at all, therefore it's not a sukkah under a sukkah. So I was wondering, why did the bother tell me the top ones within 20 amas? What difference does it make? Let this be 30 amas, who cares at that point, if it's not a sukkah under a sukkah. So Rashi says, no, you have, to, you have one more problem to deal with, is that if this is more than 20 amma, not only is it sparsely schach, it's not kosher schach, and therefore it, pop, it erases all the schach underneath it. It would be the equivalent of a sukkah under a tree. Hear what's going on? Are you able to hear me, Paul? It, here we have the lower sukkah, which is perfect schach. The top one isn't a sukkah because there's not enough schach there. So there's no problem with sukkah under a sukkah. So we're good to go so far. The problem is that if the top one is above 20 amas, the sparse schach on top of the top sukkah turns into puzzle schach. And now you have to imagine everything underneath it of the lower sukkah has to be subtracted out and be like being underneath a tree. And therefore you want to have the top one less than 20 amas and therefore it's sparsely schach, but it's kosher schach. And therefore whatever's underneath it is also fine. You don't have to worry about it. Hear what's going on over
1: here? Yeah, my only problem is from the last case, like when we said both of them are fossil, right? Well, that was the last one, right? Yeah. So we said that the... That the Tsalasan ruba mechamasan, right? Both more shadows. Right? So he said that it was it was higher than twenty amos and both of them had plenty of shape. So but now we're saying that it has to be less than twenty amos for the top and the stock has to be perfect only on the lower part, but not good on the top part. Right. So if it would have been over twenty amos, we're saying the bottom would have been yeah, and if
0: it went over 20 amas, it's not a problem of a sukkah on top of a sukkah. That's not the problem. If it's more than 20 amas, the problem is that whatever happens to be there is not kosher, thereby invalidating whatever is here that is kosher and possibly leading us to have less than 50% srach on the bottom. That's the problem. It's the equivalent no. of being underneath a tree. It's the equivalent of being under the tree that we had before. That if this is less than 20 amas, it's sparse but it's kosher stuff. Whatever's underneath it doesn't get ruined by it. If this is more than twenty amas, whatever schach is here is no longer just sparse schach. It's actually not kosher schach. It's not kosher schach. Then whatever's underneath it gets invalidated. So you want to have both things: that this is a kosher sukkah, this is a non-kosher sukkah, but it's within twenty amas, and therefore it doesn't play around with what's going on down there. That makes sense. Yeah. Stan, we're good on that. So the top one needs to be within twenty, it needs to be 20, amas. 20 amas. I mean, technically, it could be more than twenty amas if it's so sparse that even if you would take whatever's on top and put it down, it would not make the bottom one too, th- too thin. But it's just this more simple, just simply saying, keep it, a, keep it less than 20 amas, and therefore whatever's there doesn't play around with the bottom, and we're totally good it's to size. go. It, I don't know, 20 from, from the first So layer. that's my assumption. My assumption is 20 amos from here to here. That's why I put the arrow to there, to there. So Let's keep it, for sure that's true in that case. So okay. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure like, Is the same situation with a,
1: with a very sparse tree?
0: So yeah, hundred percent. Even the previous more that we had, if you had a very, if you had a very sparse tree where your sukkah was ninety five percent covered by schach, and you only had five percent coverage on top of it, and you had set, cracked out five percent, so you still ninety percent left. You're good to go. Really? Yeah, that's why. It's what? It's half of Yeah, that's why you know the, the most common house call I get when it comes to sukkahs, I would say I would say fifty percent of the house calls is, "Can you check out the tree on top of my sukkah? I have to literally stand inside the sukkah, look straight up, and see like, how much coverage is there by that random tree that's 70 feet up in the sky. And you have to cut any of it, you don't have to cut any of it, etc. And it's usually a little bit of a math game. You know, again, it's totally hard to know 100%. That's why if it's anything gray, I don't bother poskening. But it's clearly just a little bit of branches above your fully, fully schach matted sukkah. Then you know, don't worry about it. But if it's a lot of overhang, it either validates part of it or all of it. Let's say you have a massive, massive sukkah and the sukkah only overhangs one side of the sukkah and there's no way you're going to be able to climb up and cut it down. It might invalidate one half of your sukkah, but you still have a three-walled sukkah on the other half, just make sure the men sit in the other half of the sukkah.
1: What, what's, what's the... I don't understand. So if, if it's within 20, the top one's within 20, Yeah. right? So what's there then? What, what's, what's that schahf considered up at the
0: top? It's just, it's just uh, a, a poor attempt at making a sukkah.
1: But, the, but, it, but it's, it's, like, co- it's kosher stuff. It's like it's not there, or it's kosher stuff. It's kosher stuff. Okay, so I'm just saying you could have a tree that that's 18 amas above the bottom sukkah, and that's going to be a But if, but but here, if it's if well, it's
0: this stock, this is detached from trees. If you have a tree hanging above a sukkah, trees branches are pasul stuff. No,
1: but what what's the why does it why is it the 20 amas like the, the, the dividing line like now now it's like now view it like an Elon. Versus 20 amas you don't
0: do, like, you know, there's got to be something... So, tw- well, more than 20 amas is, 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 is at that point, puzzle. Any schach that's laid more than 20 amas is, at that point, puzzle.
1: Where,
0: where, the the same? The same? where do we get that? Well, that's based on the whole of A sukkah can be more than 20 amas. Right. So sukha is allowed to be less than 20 amas, and therefore whatever schach is there is kosher, just, you know, enough. But a sukkah, once is more than 20 amas, the schach that's there is, 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 is non-kosher schach. Because you're not gonna have a sukkah with twenty ammas, and whatever you put there is just too high above, and it's just no good. Yeah. R- Rabbi, don't do we learn in the next uh, the the sukkah mitabelis, mit- where, where it's like multi layered. Yeah. Multi layered stuff. So, but the, those multi layers had to be within. I do three talking of each other, and we doesn't matter? So they need to be within three talking of each other to um. be able to add the two together. Here we're just talking about does the one on top ruin what's on bottom? So the, the one on top we just don't count. We just don't okay. count. but, it, but, but Yeah, we, yeah we, just don't count, we just don't count the top one, but it doesn't invalidate the lower one. Okay. Yeah, but if it's one of 20 amas, then it actually starts playing around with the contrast status of the lower one, and that's what we have to watch out for. So let's just start let's start from that line again. Um testament the second to the bottom line. Sometimes you have it that the top one's kosher. Sorry, the bottom one's kosher, the top one's not. Hechidami was the case, Yodaman Aleph, Kigain that the bottom one has more shade than sun, the al Chamas and the top one has more sun than shade. And then we had this one little point here Vikimi Tavai Basok Eser, they're both within twenty. Okay. And then finally, sometimes you have the top ones kosher, the bottom ones are not. And they're both a case where there is more um, shade than sun. The And the top ones within 20. And that's the, basically how our Mishnah was, is that the top ones just a regular kosher sukkah, and therefore the bottom ones out because it's a sukkah under a sukkah. So that's just a simple thing. So we have all four scenarios, and um, the Gemara is going to ask the following question. Pshita. Which basically means, like, all four of them, if you actually stop and think about it, pshitas don't have to be, like, you know, it seems to be these are chidushim, but if you stop and think about it, pick them apart, all four of them, and you actually just pause and think, think it through, they're all pretty obvious that that's the halacha. We would, we would have technically been able to pass that on, on our own. So what's the chidush of this whole fancy shikil taira of both are kosher, both are not kosher? What are we learning over here? So ask them our pshittah. We need it for the case where we said the bottom one's kosher and the top one's not. Because Mao de you might have thought to say, "Nigzer Dilma, Kosher. Because you know what? The case is where there is not 20 amos between the bottom, you know, bottom one and the top one. But and that's why it ended up being okay because the top schach doesn't ruin it. This this final case that we had over here, there happened to have not been twenty amas. But whoa, it's not so hard for the top one to be twenty amas and therefore ruin the whole bottom one. So um that we don't say such a xera. Basically, you might think to say make, say xera in that particular case. So technically, technically, if the bottom one has kosher schach, the top one has sparse schach, and it's less than twenty amas, we said it's fine. But it's very close to the case where the top one is twenty almost, where the bottom one will not be fine. So you might think to make a zero. Come on, you don't make such a zero in such a case. Why why we mention all three other cases? Just say one case. Oh case? Um, so that's already not a question at that point. We we don't mind, you know, saying um, you know, equations that kind of summarize and bring us clarity on certain topics as long as there's something new in there. You know, there has to be something that's, that you wouldn't I have known would on be your own. Of one, one, right, exactly. You know, I, I mentioned uh, my, Dvar, my Dvar Torah Friday night that, uh, that the Rav Nisim going says, beginning in the Sechas Brachas, there's not a single mitzvah in the Torah that's not a fetish. You know, anything that you would have known on your own, Hashem wouldn't have telling you. So the question everyone asks is that, like, and murder, etc. So the answer that's given is, is that, yes, that's true. The general concept of you would know, but how far it goes, you would not have known without the Torah. And how far do not murder goes, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have known without the Torah, and therefore there is a Chiddush. So, so just say the Chiddush. Why say the whole thing? It's a similar type of idea. Like, you know, like once you're saying the concept, you talk about the concept in general, as long as there is some sort of Chiddush there. There has to be some sort of Chiddush there. Okay, fine. So we'll pick up Gemara tomorrow, and let's do some uh, Peleoyotes. Yes. Last, the last case, of this, the two, co- the two kosher sukkahs, therefore the bottom one is invalid. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but when are within twenty. Or we say saying that the top one has to be from on the height of the height of the first one is, is, is is within twenty. It's not saying both of them are within twenty. Well, each individual sukkah has to be less than twenty amos. Right, but it's, it's not that together they. Yeah, I think. I'm, I'm, that I'm, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's, that's, that's my understanding, yes. Okay, thank you. That is my understanding. Okay. Zuck the We learned about Apicorsum yesterday. Let's see what we got today. Umanus. Interesting, that's what that is. Umanus means to have a job, a profession, actually. Probably the best translation our rabbi is a blessed memory taught us. Mesakis Adam the Lamed is Beno Umnus. A father has an obligation to teach his son a profession. Bashilam denu umnus nikia When he teaches him an umnus, it should be nikia vikala. it should be clean, it should be easy. You know, to basically let him make a kosher and not too burdensome parnasa to allow him to commit the rest of his life to Avodas Hashem. Nikya and Kala, it's a very well known phrase. Your parnasa should be niki and kala. Uh, everyone should truthfully take the advice of Rabbi Nehrui. This is a Yakoshwaki Shwaki song. I'm not going to sing it for you right now. That song. The point being is, Rabbi Nehrui says that I'm putting aside all the professions in the world and I'm only teaching my son Tyra. I'll talk about that more then. What um, he is saying, though, is that, fine, yes. It's ideal to make your, get your son into Kaila and learn full-time. That's, that's an ideal. If you can do it, then your son's fit for it, then definitely um, encourage him and push him in that direction. However if you know of him or the metziah is, he's going to end up working in life and he's not going to be in learning, And then at that point, get him a job. There's nothing embarrassing about it, nothing lowly about it. Teach him a profession. And even if you're amod, amod means over here, amod is Aleph Memdalid. Even if you are, um, amod means, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a way of saying wealthy. It's if, if, even if you are on solid financial footing is really the way to say that. Even if you're on a fa- solid financial footing, don't be embarrassed to still teach a profession and don't simply say, well, I'll just take care of him and you know, we'll, we'll just give him money and don't worry about teaching a profession. Who knows what's going to be? You know, who knows if your wealth is going to be around forever that he could rely on that for the rest of his life? teaching profession, let again get into family business, and this is you know, partially why I think statistically a lot of family businesses don't make it more than three generations, is that, you know, the first, you know, the Zadie worked hard, the son had to work a little bit hard, and by the time the grandson gets into the business, you know, he's usually a slacker who's just living off the work of his parents and his grandparents. That's usually, I think, statistically how it works. The point being, he's saying, don't, don't let it be that way. Teach them how to work hard and make sure that either that business or their own business will be successful ki azuzim zazim in any rows, Which is actually, the farm say that the reason why money in Chazal is called zuzim is because they're zuz; They move. They move around. So the simple understanding, not that it moves from A to B, that A becomes poor and B becomes wealthy. It's just that they always move around. But the deeper understanding is that they move. Some people have money today and they don't have it tomorrow. And therefore you have to take responsibility for your child's future and to teach them a clean and safe Parnassah. Money moves like our eyes see. The many wealthy people that their wealth went to the abyss. And they literally had to go traveling around for food, for bread. And asking for However, if your child has a profession, so even if he was in the family business and he wasn't using his degree, if, God forbid, the family business goes down in some way, then he has what to rely on and not have to go around begging for food, etc. Interesting idea, interesting idea. So He's actually making a big difference here, he's saying and another benefit of having a regular profession as opposed to simply trying to make money in business, interesting idea what's happening over here, is, uh, is the following. Um, he has a little bit of an easier life. He's talking back then also about you have like the traveling salesman type people where they have to literally you know who, who knows if they're gonna make a dollar? You know, they have no set salary It may be people who work purely on commission and don't work at all based on salary like Their lives are stressful people work in the stock market. It's a perfect example Like life can either be awesome or life could be Gehenna And every morning you wake up, you don't know what's gonna be someone who has someone's an accountant He's just saying there's a little benefit of being accounted that yes maybe you don't become as wealthy but at the same time you have a little bit more of a yeshiva das of knowing that you have studied steady parnasa and things are going to be okay for the most part even though there's no guarantees so he's saying there is a certain benefit of someone either utilizing um, or at least having his back pocket, some sort of profession that he could, uh, in a non-stressful way, guarantee that he'll have financial footing. You usually don't have to travel as much for those types of things also. And the other thing is you have to avoid at all costs taking loans, because he says loans wipe people out. And I'm assuming what he's saying is, you know, certainly if it's from a goy where they're charging ribas, you know, back then it's like historically the interest rates were like 50% or whatever it was. That when you got forced into loan land, very often people had a hard time ever getting out of it. And in halacha there's no such thing as bankruptcy either. And in most countries we lived in, there's nothing such thing as either. Like, if you owe money, you know, you, know, you, you paid with everything you had. <laughs> And you're not going to have to uh, do things in like credit, and you're not going to have to be out in the sun all the time. Rather, you could just stay in your home, do your work, and, and make a pranasa. I would but, think that the first guy who sort of has to rely on the, uh, the next deal to so feel that way, uh, he's going to have a close relationship with Hashem. That is the that is one angle. That's true. It happens to be. It's true. If if that's what's happening, I mean, if he's turning to Hashem, I, I do know that. There's a story they say with the brisker of that someone's offered him a tremendous amount of money and he declined it for the reason you're saying. They're like, I like waking up every morning feeling dependent on Hashem and not being too comfy They got money in the bank and therefore I don't need him. I would just say the problem is that 99% of people will just be nervous. <laughs> They're not going to, you know. They, uh, they say, the Gemara says that uh, the, the greatest potential non-minim were sailors because out in the sea, open seas back then, like, who knows what's going to be? And they, you know, so either they were just low lives or they were tremendous belly amuna, you know saying? Like, it was like one or the other type of thing. So, so you, I mean, it's complex. He's just saying, I'm telling you, an added feature of the benefit of, of having a normal prognosis is that you don't be nervous every day because the average person would just be nervous. They're not going to be like, oh, I have amuna. It's going to be okay, whatever it is. But if one does actually have amuna, then, then that's a beautiful thing just to fully rely... That's the that's the uh, the famous word that they say by the Nachash that why is telling the Nachash that he'll have to eat dirt the rest of his life a klala, if anything now he has you know it's it's like you know you're always jealous of Goyim that they have you know food at every restaurant and you know, we have to always go scrounging around for food you know like for the Nachash Hashem gave him the whole world as his restaurant like what's the problem with that it's not a klala it's a bracha. So uh, all the Bali Muslims say the same thing, is that no, because once your needs are taken care of too easily, it's basically what I'm saying to you, I never want to hear from you ever again. Just you know, go take care of yourself, as opposed to us who are not taken care of so easily. It's a system that's been set up that it's built in. We have to turn to Kesh Baruch more often. So it's better to not have as many things taken care of so you have a relationship. And the muscle Dubna gives is, uh, it's a difference between a son, a wealthy father giving his son a lifetime, one-time allowance for $10 million, and the other one saying, no, come back to me every day for $10,000. The second one he loves more because he's saying I want to have a daily relationship with you as opposed to just like, here, take your money and go away forever. You know what I'm saying? It's an interesting, uh, interesting, interesting idea. Yeah, so you're, you're definitely making an m point. But he, he's just saying that in general, it's it could die. You know, we don't try to increase our stress. So if you have a way to just have something that's taken care of and you'll be able to learn and whatever it is, that's the certain mileage to that. If you I know it's a loaded question.
1: The yeshiva, today, the yeshiva world's concept, there's a lot more people that are, are going out to work. There's more trade schools that right are I'm saying like following this type of path, as opposed to someone who's saying I'm going to learn from the next, for the for the rest of my life. Like, where, where's the
0: where, today I know it's a broad... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean I mean I know Paul agree at the the question is that nowadays there are a lot more people in the yeshiva who are going out to work. Um, it's a combination of factors. You know, you have to, even just statistically, uh, even the Gemara Ribbina Omer, like it, it's known that that statistically, not everyone can go out and be in Kilo and learn their entire life. So in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and possibly even 80s, when Kolo was not in vogue and it was a huge, serious nefesh to dedicate your site to full-time learning and all the uh, day schools around the country and all the yeshivas were starting, et cetera, And we needed to have this uh, troop of soldiers available to go out and to learn full-time and to teach Tyra. So, you know, we needed to sort we get as many as we could. But now the system's generally flooded. And just statistically, the yeshiva world has exploded so much that even if, even if you take 30% of them, they're going to learn full-time, 70% is a massive number. Even 40% learn full-time, 50% learn full-time. The 50% is still a massive number. It's just statistically there's just so many more people that are need, need, you know, aren't, aren't cut out for and are not going to be needed in the uh, Torah teaching system that we have to find you know, jobs for them. So there is a little bit of a shift back in the direction of like great schools and things Yeah, there de- de- definitely is some sort of shift. I mean, the problem is, is how to do the filtering out, you know, in terms of who goes towards learning and who doesn't, you know. I wish they would have
1: told me that's in Yeshiva. What? This, the fact that, you know. It's okay. I was, listen. If you go out to work, you're second class. Yeah.
0: All right, so either stay here forever or go to work. But You'll be a loser. To the loser. You. you went to the academy, though. No, no,
1: I'm saying it at home,
0: though. Right. So the, so the thing, the problem is, and this is the challenge that Yeshivas have, is that they don't know where the gold nuggets are. And once you start throwing out to them, like, whatever, like, you know, try learning. And if it doesn't work out, they go out to work, you know, whatever it is, then, like, you'll lose some of the gems that could have really pushed themselves and become a great time and chachamim. And in the yeshiva system, it's it's like a pure, like, just taira, taira, taira. And they also, so to speak, in the back of their heads feel that even if you are going to work, the primacy of Torah has to be so in your kishkas that you'll learn for the rest of your life, even as a balabas. And they feel if they water down that message in yeshivas, then it's not going to... So yes, you have certain lower-level yeshivas where it's like the, the, the odds are that the guys are not going to go to learn anyway, so they, they are busy with these types of messaging. There has to be somehow subtly to like balance that message a little bit, that if you do end up working, it's okay, and you know, it's know to be a, be a hashiva, balabas, etc. But uh, you know yeshiva life is like the teva... Whereas, like the pure world of just pure Torah with no outside messages at all, and that's why you get this type of messaging. So I'm not saying, you know, again, I don't run a yeshiva, and I don't, you know, I can't, I can't comment on them. But that's where they're coming from: is that they don't really believe, you know, about bust And certainly, you know, they'll come back to you for a check in a few years. from now, if they, but I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't think it's hypocrisy. I think they, they if you would have told them then, like I really know myself, I'm not. They, they wouldn't have said anything negative about you. They're just trying to. Be moreim and elevate the. I can think of myself. Like if if I would have been in the yeshivish system, and they would have like you know, and they I've heard like ideas like this. Like at twenty, just decide is kid cut out for learning or not cut out for learning. If they would have decided about me when I was twenty, if I was cut out for learning or not, I'd be a businessman right now. Because I only really started my real growth even after Shana Bet, whatever it is in Eretz Yisrael, so like, so I, I wouldn't be remitted because of that. So I'm happy I stuck it out in the system and I still push a little bit more. Then I got a little more clarity and I kind of made a little of a right turn towards Chinuch and now that's where I am today. So that's why it's hard to simply say we'll just decide early on which track they should be on. It's impossible. You're, it's, a, a, you're, you're,
1: you're talking about people's like not just their lives but their future generations.
0: Yeah. The decisions yeah. That they make are crazy, yeah.
1: I having, having
0: that type of pressure is also Yeah, really so, the, so, so it, yeah, that, that's the, it, it has There's to be bonus, so you know yeah, yeah, there are core bonus. So the one thing I did hear is I once heard a story that, that in, the, in the 60s and 70s, when, when Ravon Carlos established liquid in the Kylo system, he, he almost said, like, we, we, we need this so badly, it's okay to have a couple of carbonos that are not going to be able to do it because we have to start stacking the learning system. I think the pendulum has swung the other way. That it's pretty clear that we don't have to like take people that don't belong there and just stuff them there. That, that you know, I think everybody agrees with that at that point. Is that like you know, there's, there's enough that are going to naturally happen on its own because the yeshiva system is so robust that if anything, take the people that will be solid, well, you know, rounded about them and just let them give them the tools to be able to do it, etc. Because it's hard, when, like you're finding a uh, like
1: a seminary system where, where they tell the girls, right, your husband isn't sitting and learning all day
0: right there's something wrong with him. Right. like yeah a that's that's that's, well, also, that's that's also that's also an issue 100% just, I mean, have you read Robert Piansky's book um i, think I started it. you got to read it yeah if you appreciate this type of books but it's, it's just it's a it's a stellar book on this topic of the shift from the world of like only Tyra to the world of the balance it it's, it's a it became a bestseller you know instantly for a reason it's like it's really well written of like giving chizik to the ben Terabala Bus that you're not a loser. And it it's actually the way things, how they had to play out. You, you know, he calls it like, you know, you have to have the Sheva Levi Tkufa of your life, but then at some point you have to figure out do you belong in Sheva Levi forever, or are you going to shift out towards, you know, outside Sheva Levi. And uh, he really lays it out very nicely over there you know, in terms of that idea. But when you're in Yeshiva, it's just Tara, 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 and And everyone has to have that Tkufa of their life to build their inner spiritual world But again, yeshivas have to somehow figure out that balance of not denigrating or putting down balabatim or or working, but more elevating libanataira and inspiring people to want to attach to it and then to utilize it either as their profession or, you know, as just part of, you know, an integral part of their life as a balabas. Yeah, it's very hard. (laughs) It's very hard. Um, Okay. Very good. Have a good day, everyone. Let's get an umnus. Thank you very much, sure. yeah do not I d I don't I don't know I don't know if Rabonis is a clean and, and, and easy Rabonis, you know umnus. I don't know. <laughs>